What's up everyone? I am Michelle Brundage and welcome to 5 After 3. Hello, welcome to 5 After 3, the podcast. I am your official host, Michelle Brundage. I am so thankful for all of my returning subscribers and a special hello to those of you who are here for the first time. So just to give you, for my first timers, just to give you a little understanding of what this podcast is and what we do, um, with each episode, we basically discuss five points about one topic. And although we discuss five points, they are meant to inform, encourage, and give you that boost of motivation to get you going and headed in the direction of your next best level. Now, typically, these episodes are not that long because we don't mean for it to take up your entire day. However, this week, we are starting our six-week series on My Business, My Way. So if you caught our last episode, and if you haven't, please go back and listen to it. Um, You should have a designated tool that is strictly for this business series. By tool, I mean a file on your laptop, a note file on your cell phone, a journal of blank pages to take notes, or even a recording device. Everything that you will learn in this six-week series will require you to take action. It will require you to take action in creating your own business, launching your own business, and of course, succeeding in your business. So today, it kicks off our series. Again, it's called My Business, My Way. Six-week series with resources, tools, and so much more information by wonderful guests that will be featured throughout the series, including myself. And in this episode, we're kicking it off talking about how you can start turning your idea into income. Well, first things first, you have to ask yourself, Does your idea solve a problem or can your idea serve as a product that a customer needs, right? So let me give you an example. I believe it was in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s here in the Atlanta area. There were so many restaurants that had opened up that were classified as quote unquote Chinese buffets, right? If you're here in Atlanta, you know exactly what I'm talking about. These Chinese buffets and I'm doing this in air quotes, guys, (laughs) these Chinese buffets offered all you can eat Chinese, different types of Chinese food, but more importantly, all you can eat crab legs along with other seafood like shrimp. Um, So as these buffets opened up month after month after month, all over from one county to the next, after maybe a couple of years, this trend kind of died out right and when this trend died out the restaurant slowly started closing down and it left myself and I can only imagine other consumers who were seafood lovers it left us without a space to eat as many pounds of crab legs as possible right now you know it's Atlanta so you can get an entree of seafood anytime and tons of restaurants that can offer it but all you can eat crab legs Not so much. So at any rate, we had to get used to the idea of not having that option anymore, 
right? Those buffets slowly died out and closed down and and basically we were without it. Now, now of course we survived, but I know for me, craving them was something that I became accustomed to and just being able to get in the car and just go and grab them, you know, it became a problem, right? So of course for years we did without and, and, you know, we, you know, I know me, I even tried to make crab legs on my own, but I could just never get it just right. You know, I made them till they were good. But for years, we did this until one glorious day, right? There was a franchise opening of the Juicy Crab. And it was like, oh. (laughs) So understand that the Juicy Crab franchise, now they don't offer all you can eat crab legs, but they do offer different flavors of crab legs and, and other seafood for a fair price, right? Thus, solving the problem of great seafood And then adding the convenience of being able to get it on a kind of fast food type of spin to it, right? So they solved the problem, especially for me. So make sure that you answer that question. Does my idea, does it solve a problem or, you know, can my idea serve as a product that a customer actually needs, right? So on to our second point. So you have established, okay, Um, what your business is going to offer or the products that it will provide. Now it's time to decide your business entity. And this is something that um, I always advise, you know, my clients, you know, make sure you speak with an attorney because you have to figure out what's best for you from a taxation standpoint, um, from a business standpoint, how you want to run your business. Um, Now, I'm sure you know, you know, you have a couple of different options, but we'll briefly go over them. And of course, if you have additional questions, you can totally reach me um, via email, which will be in the description box or any of my social media, and we can discuss further. So of course, you have your solo proprietorship where you basically own and control everything. And this, of course, is I would think it's the easiest to form um, in regards to approvals and paperwork and whatnot. But on the flip side, as the solo owner, you are responsible for all of the financial obligations, right? Um, Next, um, I would say would be a partnership. And this happens, of course, when there's two or more people and um, each of you have decided to run this business together and you've created this contract and decided who's going to run what. Um, And... You know, when you have that, it's best to always have a contract in place. And I'm sure that any attorney will tell you that um, because each partner, each of you are financially liable for financial obligations. Right. Um, Then, of course, you have your corporation, which is a little bit different, but it can be taxed as a separate entity. And then, of course, you have your LLC, which I believe is becoming the most popular. Um, It can be formed with partners. However, the partners, you know, you're shielded from liability. So you really have to do additional research. And as I stated earlier, speak with an attorney who can advise you on the best entity for you or you can do research yourself and figure out what's best for you as well. So our third point, um, you have to answer the question of how you're going to sell your product. Are you going to open a brick and mortar downtown or are you going to sell online? It's important you answer this question because this will determine how you market your product and who you will market it to, right? Fourth, who will be your support team? 
Now, this is important, and I pause because I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, and it's a little word of wisdom. I've said it before. This support team may not be your friends and family. Forming your support team will require you to network and and form a different circle from the one that you're accustomed to. It needs to be a, a circle of peers or colleagues who are like who are like minded that understands what you're trying to do, that understands the community or the customer that you're trying to serve and is willing to support you through the good and through the bad. That's going to keep pushing you no matter what's going on. And then, of course, last, always plan to be better than the day before. And let me tell you why. You have to always plan to be better because during this time of building your business, you will have thoughts. Those thoughts will creep in. Thoughts like, I'll wait and do this later in the year. Oh, well, I need more money. Those are thoughts that will sneak up on you and try to sway you from what you are trying to do. Don't fall for it. Keep planning. Plan to do something more than you did the day before. Plan to be better than you were the day before. Do more than you did the day before. Guarantee you, you will get to the end and you will succeed. Guys, I'll see you next week for episode two in our series, My Business, My Way. I'll see you next week at five after three.